Hi there, this is Brandon. So there's some really interesting stories about big tech in the news lately. The most recent is that the founder and CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, is stepping down. We don't really know why. He's saying he wants to go another direction. He's saying he wants new leadership. Uh, we'll see what that all really means. The other is the ongoing trial of Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes is the founder of a company called Theranos. And the whole premise behind Theranos was that it was supposed to be able to revolutionize diagnostics by taking just a drop of your blood and then being able to tell you all kinds of stuff about your health. This was going to be big for defense. It was going to be big for personal diagnostics. Walgreens was getting involved. And it didn't work. So Holmes is now on trial to determine whether she defrauded investors, lied to the American people, on and on and on and on. The Dorsey story and the Holmes story are interesting to me because it means that we're going to see all of these manifestations of the tech story. And the tech story is a particular species of journalism, somewhat like science fiction, in that it's, it's speculative. We don't really know what this new technology means in the moment that it comes out, and so we don't really have a great idea of where it's going to go, where it's going to take us. And that sort of means that the writer is projecting a little bit. Obviously, we all try and do our best work on it. But it somewhat is wish fulfillment. It's the writer pouring their impressions, desires, hopes, fears into the story to a certain degree. It's a lot like political writing in that sense. The biases really come into play. In fact, you could kind of say Holmes wrote the most expensive sci-fi story in history and then presented it to an audience of the American public to see if they'd believe it. And this idea of tech journalism as a kind of speculative nonfiction was in my mind when I started working on a story about a company called Rubato. So the story I ended up writing turned out not just to be a profile of Rubato, but also kind of a meditation on tech journalism itself. All right, here we go. Let's wrestle with new technology and how we journalists cover it. Since technology was invented in the late 1990s, there have emerged a handful of species of stories in the tech press. Uh, when will that small thing with the blinking light kill us? Or, finally, a thin Caucasian fellow has invented a new milk. Or how about, you'll never guess who's going to space now. Uh, billions of dollars later, it's still racist slash sexist. And finally, yeah, but can it see me when I pee? This story is going to follow another popular theme. AI knows you better than you know yourself. In fact, I was actually going to title this story something like, AI knows you better than you know yourself. But then when I searched for that combination of words, I found a long, proud tradition of writing on the topic with just that name. A lot of stories. Anyway, these stories tend to explore how new technologies record data on our behavior or bodily functions and then run that data through a powerful artificial intelligence. The AI then possibly comes up with all sorts of deep insights about us, which can then allegedly be used to shape our behavior. These stories weigh how this behavior modification might be used for our benefit, like getting us to walk more, or to create some negative outcome, like getting us to walk into traffic because we're revealed as being undesirable. It's exciting to write and to read this type of journalism in the same way it's exciting to write and read science fiction. This is how things may turn out. Wouldn't that be exciting? And if it doesn't turn out that way, no one will remember. I'm not immune to the seductions of a good tech story, so here's one. This story is about how music might be used by AI as a kind of therapy or medicine, which I suppose is a subcategory of the AI story. Something along the lines of, now the robots are doing stuff with our precious art? Companies, most notably Spotify, but also Apple, Pandora, and Amazon, build their business model in part off of figuring out what we like to listen to 
and then giving us suggestions about what else we might like to listen to. The goal being to keep us listening long enough to hear ad spots or just give up and get a subscription already. But if the end goal wasn't endless jams, but rather not dying of a stroke someday? This is the premise behind Rubato, which is an app that purports to reduce stress via the music from your own living playlist. Introducing Rubato, music your body listens to. Leveraging existing wearables and popular streaming services, Rubato learns which musical attributes create biological responses for each person. Then, Rubato's co-founder and CEO, Amit Sternberg, explained to me that when you're listening to your favorite music on a playlist, his app correlates it with your heart rate activity, recorded via an Apple Watch or Garmin or some other wearable tech. We build a, a personal profile for each listener, and we understand which musical attributes impact his stress level and anxiety level or make a change in his cardiac indications. And the AI then um, understand and prioritize these attributes and we are capable of recommending music that or playlist that would scientifically reduce your stress. Stress here is determined by something called heart rate variability or HRV. An HRV just means how much your heart rate changes from moment to moment. It's controlled by the autonomic nervous system, which also regulates basic functions like breathing, and then which in turn runs two other systems. The sympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for the famous fight or flight reactions, and the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for, among other things, causing the body to, in scientific terms, chillax. When you're stressed, your fight or flight is engaged, which keeps your heart rate steady, right? Meaning your HRV is low. And when you're relaxed, your HRV is high, which you want because it shows you're adaptive to all the different stresses of life. So about Rubato, its AI, which is still in beta, looks for what the music is doing to HRV based on 15 attributes, things like tempo, key, speechiness, liveness, danceability. Those last three are their terms. So for the few dozen users they've studied, which are mostly Rubato employees and students at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music and University of San Francisco, Sternberg says different attributes bring out different reactions. And the, the playlists are, are being personalized for each user. It's a different profile. It's a different uh, um, playlist. So first, Rubato learns what you like to listen to. Then when you're stuck in traffic, it might offer you a prompt. Want to listen to a playlist to ease your woes? But you might say, wouldn't I already know which songs whizzle me down versus which songs get me all jonked up for an evening of fistfights? Here's where this story's theme about, you know, AI knowing you better than you know yourself really comes into play. Being excited for a song is not necessarily being relaxed by the song. Usually it's the other way around. If you are getting excited, if a song uh, triggers a memory, then it's not a relaxing song for you. It's doing the other way around. It, it excites you. And many people are, are actually confused about it. So they believe that, you know, this song is appealing for them, but it actually makes them nervous. It doesn't make, uh, it doesn't take the stress down. Songs that, for example, evoke memories may seem to be relaxing you, but in fact, he says, they're actually elevating your stress levels. And this is the big question that these sorts of tech stories weigh. Are there essential truths about ourselves floating along some dark, invisible river that would make our lives better if only we could get at them? And is technology the only way to do that? It's this possibility that there's a hidden world of us that only technology can get at that drives these stories, and in fact, much of the tech industry generally. 
The corollary is the fear that this technology will actually use these insights against us. Media professor Joseph Turo wrote an op-ed for the New York Times about voice analysis technology that companies like Spotify might use to infer everything from age and gender to personality and emotional state. Quote, businesses using this voice technology to offer us better pricing sounds great unless you're in the camp that loses the discount. What if you end up being refused insurance or having to pay much more for it? What if you find yourself turned away during early job screenings? End quote. Tech journalism is a lot like tech. Both are forms of speculative fiction. An industry inspired by the Jetsons spends billions developing the flying car. Which, yes, you've heard me bang on about before because I did a couple of stories on it and I'm still kind of obsessed with it. But anyway, the flying car thing draws from visions of the past to create a possible vision for the future. And similarly, journalists draw on fears from the sci-fi and autocracies of yore to conjure their critiques of present-day tech. This is not to say that the journalists are wrong to do so, or that the industry is wrong to innovate. Only that there's so much we don't know and have no real means yet of testing. It can all end up making the tech seem frivolous and the journalism seem flaccid. Which is, of course, its own category of tech story. Sure, we were wrong, but 11 years ago is so ancient, people were still making their own sandals. With that in mind, what can we say about Rubato? Well, it'd be pretty great if it works as advertised. A non-invasive, non-pharmaceutical invention that you can dance to. It'll be less great if it sells your data or gets co-opted by Amazon or some other behavior-directing monolith. But maybe it will know us better than we know ourselves, and that knowledge will benefit us. Sternberg says they've seen positive results as compared to randomly generated playlists. He imagines Rubato is a new kind of medicine, an alternative to a pill. They plan to test the app on patients undergoing chemotherapy or dialysis, where a lowered stress response could facilitate better healing. If, that is, the data means what they think it means. Jonas Kaplan is not so sure. There's some basic unknowns and, and difficulties with matching music to your mood through those measurements because those measurements are pretty crude with respect to how they map onto your actual mood. Kaplan's an associate professor at the University of Southern California's Brain and Creativity Institute, and he's co-director of the school's Dornsife Cognitive Neuroimaging Center. I initially reached out to Kaplan about another story, about the way music works on the brain, and you'll hear that story pretty soon. And just to give you a little insight on how all the journalistic pieces fit together, when I was talking to him about that, he actually introduced me to Sternberg for this story. So Kaplan says, yeah, you can definitely get good data on heart rate or skin conductance. And those things might have some like broad relationship to you know what's going on in your body, but there's a lot of different mental states that map onto the same physiological state. You know what I mean? So it's not like there's a a clear path from those measurements to what's happening in your mind, or at least if there is, it's pretty pretty coarse. Which leaves us with this very unsatisfying but very honest conclusion: time will tell. Tech journalism, of course, hates that, but here we are. And yet... I would really like to know the secret combination of songs I have here in my hands that will put me at ease, provide some biometrically provable solace. What is the music that will make me whole? The machines are trying to figure it out, and the writers are trying to figure out the machines. Which is, of course, its own type of tech story. Okay, you can find that story and others at whowhatwhy.org. And the music for this episode was provided by Nathan Reedy. All right, see you next time.